I really enjoyed the messages this morning. It was a real blessing for us to be in the house of the Lord. You know, as Brother Bryce said, it, it is. It's a blessing when we can come to the house of the Lord. Amen. But you know, when we come to the house, this is where God speaks to His people. And we heard some messages this morning, and I will tell you, take those to heart. Take them and apply them to our lives because He sent us a message of where this nation's going. And you better take heed to it and be prepared. And He's also sent us a message of what our responsibilities are as the church. So it really stirred me up, and, and I wanted to look in the book of Nehemiah. <laughs> because in Nehemiah, we look, Jerusalem had been overthrown. The city of Jerusalem, they tore all the walls down, they burned the gates. It was destroyed. There's utter desolation in Jerusalem at this place. Judah had been overthrown, the people had been carried off. <laughs> and what happens, though? Out of all the stories we heard this morning, have you noticed, though, that God always puts the captives in a position of authority? Amen. Have you ever noticed that? Yeah. But what happens with that? If you're defeated and you're a ca in captivity and you're placed in a position of authority, that's by God. Most people that overthrow you don't put you in authority. Yeah. So that comes great responsibility. And with that great responsibility means that you have been chosen to do a job for God. <laughs> and Nehemiah here in this one had been chosen to go back to Jerusalem and rebuild it. Daniel had been chosen to show that, he, that God was not controlled by the powerful king Nebuchadnezzar, or the, the king. The, the, Hebrew, the children there, those three, were not controlled by him. They stood up to him. So when we look at this in Nehemiah, I want to get the attitude that the people had. I want us to take that with us because, you know, we don't have to go into this. this even if we go, go to Babylon, the church doesn't have to go into utter desolation. It will only go to utter desolation if we sit idly by and don't realize where we're going and we don't step up and protect it. God has called us to be soldiers. You don't believe me? Read Ephesians 6. You don't need armor. And we're not fighting against... The, we're fighting a spiritual battle. <laughs> but, oh, Satan uses these natural men to fight those for him. But let's look at this in Nehemiah some. So we see that he was the king's cupbearer. So what does that mean? That means that when the king was given wine, he had to drink it first to make sure it was good for the king. <laughs> That's an important job. Well, they usually don't pick somebody very powerful for that job. <laughs> but you're always by the king. You're close to him. He favors you because you're, you're, you're saying that I will give my life to do this for the king. So he's real close to him. And when he goes through there, look at how the Lord blesses. They've been in captivity. Well, he goes to the king and he's of a sorrowful heart. He's never been that way in front of the king. And the king asked him what the problem was. And he basically tells him that, you know, where my fathers are buried is just in ruin. And I need to go there and I want to visit it. And the king gives him the letters. And then he also gives him letters so that he can use his materials to take there. <laughs> He's a defeated man. And the king just gave him letters of passage 
to get through that defeated land. And he also gave him letters where that he can he can gather the materials he needs. Not only that, he sent with him captains of his army. He sent him protection. This goes against everything that nature has in it. <laughs> well, when we get back down here and we get into Nehemiah chapter 4, <clears throat> all the people around him that, that got upset that he was there building the wall. So they've been building the wall. They've been working on it. All the ones around it, the governors and princes around Judah and around Jerusalem, they're upset. They're like, we don't want this built. We don't want this going on here. <laughs> you know, if they go back and they've been through, they read their history. They knew that Jerusalem was a special place. They knew it had overthrown a lot. They didn't want it built back. It was in ruin and it was not a problem. <laughs> so it's being built back. And they were really upset about it. And look at verse 2 and it says of chapter 4, And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews, what do these feeble Jews? So he's mocking them already. So you can look, he's saying these Jews, they're feeble. They don't have an army. They don't even have a city. They don't have a stronghold. They don't have anything. But what he didn't take into account was their God. Though, what does God do? He uses the weak to do mighty things. Amen. And it's one of the things too, just for a side note, you know, when we were in school, we always picked sides. You know, when you played a game, you wanted to pick the big guys on your team if you, you know, you'd want the big ones. Well, guess what? We didn't, we, we didn't get to pick God. He picked us. Right. <laughs> it goes against nature. God picked the weak. He picked the needy. He didn't pick the biggest, the strongest, the mightiest. But so he says, what do these feeble Jews? He's saying, what are they doing? What, what is their purpose? What is the point? Will they fortify themselves? So are they going to build a city? Are they going to fortify themselves? Are they going to build ready, go ready for war? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day, will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? So they're saying, what can these Jews do to this destroyed city? What can they do? So imagine that. Picture it in your mind. You had the mighty wall around Jerusalem. That wall is tore down into rubble. It is no good. The, the gates are burned. There's nothing there. And the Jews are there working on it. These people are there working. And these kings are met together and they say, what are they doing? What is the point in it? What is the purpose? Are they going to revive the stones? Are they going to be able to revive them? Well, think about this now. We just came through a hard time in this country. Are we going to revive from the rubble that is left behind? You know, a lot of churches quit meeting because of that. A lot of people forsook God because of the government said it was not safe to meet. A lot of people forsook what God told us to do as a people. So all I can see is when churches quit meeting is a pile of rubble. 
But you know there's hope. Amen. There's always hope in, in that. But you know what? It requires us to step up as a people and take our place. If we forsook our place, forget about it. Just stand up and take it. God doesn't hold the past behind us. He requires us to step up and take it. So it's the heap of the rubbish which are burned. It says, now to buy the Ammonite was go up. He shall even break down their stone wall. He's saying, who cares what they build? Let them build it. They're so weak and whatever they build, a fox could knock it over. A fox usually runs from a fight. I mean, sometimes they're feisty when they get backed into a corner, but most of the time they run across things and they're saying, he'll just run across their wall and it'll fall over. He's not taking into account anything except what he naturally sees. And he says, Here, O our God, for we are despised and turn their reproach upon their own head. And give them for a prey in the land of captivity. So do you hear what he did? These people despised them. And and they're praying. Turn their reproach upon them. Make, Make their evil desires work against them. And it says, and cover not their iniquity. Do you know how important it is when the the prophet calls out and says, cover not their iniquity. You know, our iniquities are covered. And what he's saying is, is God, don't hold back your wrath from them because they're not covered by the blood of Christ. He's saying, judge them as who and what they are. Don't judge them by Christ. Do not cover their iniquities. And let not their sin be blotted out before thee. Oh, what a, what a very scary place to stand before a holy God in your iniquities and sins. <clears throat> For they have provoked thee to anger before the builder. So he's saying, your people are building. They're the builders. And these people are provoking. You remember, we'll be made fun of. We'll be called things. We're out building the kingdom of God every day of our life. We build it. If you're not building it, I encourage you to pick up and start building it every day. And what is that building? When we go out into this world, when you see somebody, when you have the opportunity to help them, to talk to them, to encourage them, to lift them up, you're building the kingdom of God. Why? Because... We're, we're, we're going contrary to everything nature says and we're doing what Christ taught. Amen. So let us build the kingdom of God. And look at verse 6 and pay attention to this. So built we the wall and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof. For the people had a mind to work. What did we hear about this morning? We have to have a purpose. These people had a mind to work. And these people were small. They were insignificant compared to the armies. But you know what? They've done great things because God was with them and they had a mind to work. How great can we be if we have a mind to work? We can't stop. I'm not going to say. God can stop what's going on, but you know what? 
This, this country is on a downward spiral, but you know what we can do if we have a mind? We can slow it down. We may not stop it, but we can slow it down. Why? Because God has mercy on His people. Amen. And you know what happens when God has mercy on us? It affects everybody else around you. Do you know why this country hadn't been destroyed? Because God has a people here. God's not blessing the evils of this country. This country is, is, is very evil. It is, it is just blows my mind at how evil this country is. I never thought I would have saw this in my lifetime. I never thought it. I never thought that we would have been arresting people out west for going to church. Never thought that. But I've seen that. So God doesn't have mercy on this country because it's the greatest country in the world. He has mercy on it because of us. He has mercy on it because we're still meeting. Because we have a desire to meet. Because we have that burning within that we want to come together and we want to worship our God. And as long as we keep that, God will bless us with a place to worship, I believe. It may not be in the buildings we have today. It may be in our houses. It may be in private. Whatever. But God's going to bless us. <laughs> but it, they had a mind to work. So then when we move on down, we start looking. In verse 13, he says, Therefore said I, in the lower places, behind the wall, and on the higher places, I even set the people after their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. So the prophet here has set people where they need to be. Can you imagine? He has these people. He knows who, and he set them where they need to be because he knows which ones are strong. He knows which ones are weak. He knows where they go. You ever thought about that in the church? You ever thought about your pastor having to know who he can depend on and who, and who he needs to work with and where we need to be set? Everything in the Old Testament points to the New Testament. <laughs> and everything in the Old Testament, including the temple, points to the church. It points to the church. And so we have to see how this applies to us. And it is, we have to be set, but we also have to be prepared. It's like David. Remember when he went up against Goliath and Saul said, hey, just take my armor. David said, okay, he put it on and he said, I can't prove this. I've never used it. I don't even know how to use it. It doesn't fit. So let me ask you this. How are we going to build the kingdom of God? And how are we going to defend our walls if we don't know how? How do you find out how? Well, good places to start at church. <laughs> and don't just come to church. If you have questions about what to do, go talk to your elder. Go talk to the pastor. Talk to the people that's been there for many years. And find out. Find out how to use the weapons that God has given us. He doesn't give us weapons to go out and just slay people. He gives us weapons to go out and defend. And any of these weapons we have is not for us to slay one another. And we're also not supposed to be in here throwing these rocks at one another. We're supposed to be putting them on the wall. This is not what he's talking about. We could come in. I mean, 
If we come in, every one of us have different backgrounds. We have different personalities. We all have different likes. And, you know, it wouldn't take us long if we forgot about the spiritual before we'd be in here arguing. And we'd be knocking each other down. And then what? Then the old devil would just sit back and laugh and say, look, I don't even have to do anything. These gullible people don't even, they preach one thing and do another. <laughs> so let's keep in mind and stay focused. Let's have a purpose. <clears throat> but he says, and I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, be not ye afraid of them. You know what? Don't be afraid of your enemies. Have respect for them, but don't be afraid of them. Amen. Know what they're capable of because old Satan's going to get behind you and start whispering real quietly. You're not good enough. You can't do this. You might as well just stop. It's a losing battle. He'll sit there and he'll whisper quietly in your ear. If you let him. But if you're in tune with God, you know what? God also whispers within that ear. And God also speaks to that heart. And he says, you are good enough. I bought you. I paid for you. And I've redeemed you. And I've made you strong. And do you know that we can claim our power through God in Christ. We can claim our power. We can claim the power of Christ. Amen. Christ said that I paid for you. I've redeemed you. I've, and God says, I have adopted you. You're my child. Call upon him. <laughs> but he says, so be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. And fight for your brethren. Fight for your brethren. Don't fight your brethren. Fight for your brethren. Fight for them. <clears throat> and your sons and your daughters, your wives and your houses. We have a lot to fight for. When we look at the church, the church has been passed down. And it will continue to be passed down from generation to generation. What kind of church do we want to pass down? What do we want to hand off to our children? Do we want to hand off one that's just getting by? Or do we want to give it one that we've done everything we can do to hand it to them in a good situation? Because we have to hand it off. We're required to. We're members of it. We're... The, we're stepping up. I mean, I'm middle-aged now, so I'm stepping up into leadership. I have to be able, and I have to be smart enough. I have to be intelligent enough of the things of God. And I also have to be humble. Just because I'm youth and God's blessing me doesn't mean I'm arrogant about what God's doing. I have to be humble and I have to be willing to take and receive what's given and I still have to encourage the ones that's handing it off because they're still a part of it. You can't leave them in the dust. Yes, I want to get up and I want to run and I want to build that wall. Well, you know what? I have older ones that can't work as hard as we can as younger, but we can't leave them outside of it. They have to be inside with us. So let's protect one another. We have to protect one another. And you know, the days that I'm weak, 
Brother Josh may be strong. In the days he's weak, I may be strong. Guess what? We, can, we thrive off of one another. And Brother Joe, you need an encouragement? Call one another. That's why we, I mean, we take for granted how great it is to get in touch with one another. I don't have to write a letter and wait on it for two months to get to Mississippi. <laughs> I can pick the phone call up. And you know what? If he don't answer, I can call him 10 times in a row and harass him. <laughs> I can send him text messages, emails, FaceTime, whatever. We have the resources. But guess what? We have many of us in it together. If one don't answer, I promise you, I can go through my contact list and I can find a, 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 a child of God that will give me encouragement. <laughs> and every one of us have those resources. There's not one that would, if you said you're in need and you need something, I guarantee you we could put off what we're doing to help. <laughs> and that is, is fighting for one another. But he says, and it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us. So see, they had known unto them that they were secretly counseling together to overthrow them. And God had brought their counsel to naught that we returned all of us to the wall, every one unto his work. So they're working. There's a job to do. Everyone has a job to do. Everyone in the church. <laughs> the church is not <laughs> just for the deacons and pastors to work in. Amen. And if you look at pastor, what does it mean? What's the definition of a pastor? It's a servant. He serves. Each one of us serve one another. So we're in this together. So, and, it, and look at verse 17. It says, They which build it on the wall, and they that bear burdens with those that laid it, every one with one of his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand held a weapon wow sometimes when we get to work we're like well you know that's really not what I signed up for I don't think I'm going to do that today or I don't want to do that or the culture is now I'll just stay at home and the government will give me money I don't have to work I mean that's the culture God called us to work and he says here that these people were working with one hand and they were holding the sword in the other. So they're having to work and defend. Wow. How precious was it to them? How precious is it to us? Let's don't look at this as just a history. Let's, let's apply this. How precious is it to us? How precious is this freedom that we have? How precious, and I don't mean the freedom just so we can come and go and go up and down the highways. How precious is the freedom to worship and go to church as we see fit? This is the first time since this country was founded that the government interfered with worship service. How precious is it? Are we going to allow them to control it or are we going to control it? You know, God gave us the sense to decide how we meet. We're not idiots. We're not ignorant people. We know what's safe and not safe. And every church has a different need on that. That's why we have pastors and that's why we're local assemblies. Not every one blanket policy will not fit our churches. Each group has to decide what's best for them. And you know what in that? 
Don't talk about what they're doing. <laughs> Encourage them in what they're doing. Each one of us have a different need. I don't know the needs of this community. I don't live in this community. I'm not going to come up here and tell you everything you're doing is right or wrong. If it's in line with Scripture and the Scripture tells you to meet, then you ought to be meeting. I don't care if you have to do it through radio. I don't care if you have to do it through sitting spread out all over this campus. I mean, you do what you have to do. But we can't beat each other down. You know what I'm going to say? I encourage you, get to meet and find a way to get back in there together and see each other face to face. But also, we have responsibility again. Why would we come and Infect everybody. I know that there's things out of our situations, but we have to use the intelligence God gave us. But you know what we also have to do? Pray for God's protection. You know that God can put His hands over this place and nobody in here will ever get sick out of here if God so deems it. Now, I'm not saying get reckless with God, but we still have to trust in Him and we have to trust in Him in line with His Word. We can't just go out and come up with things. But they had the work in one hand and the sword in the other. It says, For the builders, every one had his sword girded by his side, and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. And I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, The work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall, one far from another. Doesn't that give you a picture of our churches? We're separated. Far from one another. But you know what? We have the same goal. And we're building the same wall. And it says, In what place therefore ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither unto us. Our God shall fight for us. So if we hear of one in need, let's flock to him and let God fight. Let's stand together. And let God fight. And it says, So we labored in the work, and half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. So they were all together. Is the biggest lesson we can learn from this. They all trusted God and they all worked together for the same goal. So let's remember the people had a mind to work. Let's have a mind to work and serve God. Let's have that mind. Let's get that back. Let's don't use it as an excuse. And I know we don't, but I'm just saying, let's don't ever go to the place. Well, it's just so far gone, we might as well just quit. I don't want to be there. Or, you know, it's too much trouble to fight the government. It's not that much trouble. We heard this morning that three, three men changed the whole government society of that day. Because there's things that Nebuchadnezzar said, he, after he built his big image and told him all the words, after that, and he saw him come out, he's like, your God is the one true and living God. <laughs> it changed his whole world. So, you know, God uses the weak to do mighty. And I'm happy when people tell me I'm weak or I'm backwards or I'm, you know why? Because that means that I'm serving God. <laughs> if people think I'm weak in this in natural life, then that means that I'm serving my God and I can be happy in that. 